Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Black Royal Podcast. We're your hosts, Destiny and Janiah. We're here to remind you the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice, the darker the flesh, the deeper the roots. We're Black, We're royalty, black royalty, and, and that's, that's the, the truth. truth. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram at T H E. B-L-K-R-O-Y-A-L. Stay tuned for our YouTube channel and follow our main social medias at underscore officially dot destiny and underscore that's so destiny underscore. That's underscore O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-L-Y dot D-E-S-T-I-N-Y and at underscore T-H-A-T-S-S-O D-E-S-T-I-N-Y underscore. My Instagram is xx underscore Naya and I Y I A and Janias dot art J A N I Y I A S dot A R T. And, and let's, let's get, get into, into the, the topic. topic. Hey guys, welcome back to the Black World Podcast. I know it's been a while, but. We have so much to talk about today, and we're going to get to why we have been going in a few. Yes, ma'am. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Oh, my God. You always saying, like, hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Is this the country. I didn't even know if the people feeling well today. Like, even though they feeling good. What it is and what it ain't. Let me know. Give All right. Yeah, I know a lot of things has been happening since quarantine started but I just want to give a moment of silence to Chadwick Boseman he passed away suddenly for us but not for him um, from cancer and I want to just say thank you Chadwick Boseman for being a role model to the black community and black kids as a black superhero as Black Panther Wakanda forever Wakanda forever I would never abandon my gorcha <laughs> Oh, Lord, not the American trying. But anyway. Girl, don't do I. Thank you. I feel I like that was a, a really big shock. And, you know, a lot of people were uh, making fun of him for um, being skinny um, when we last saw him. And I was just like, why do people take the time to be so rude to other people? Like, that's not your business. And you, exactly, like, you don't know what people are going through and the fact that he passed away and people are feeling bad for him now. That's what they deserve because it's just like, you're going to talk about somebody and you don't know what they're going through. That's a life lesson. Don't talk about people when you don't know what they're going through. Right. If you don't know somebody's story, nobody's struggle, like, I'm never going to judge someone for their life choices or how they look. Like, when I saw that he was losing weight, I was just like, wow, he's lost so much weight. I hope he's okay. No one took the time to say, oh, I'm praying for you because you can't just lose weight like that and go from, like, kind of thick to, like, extremely skinny. Like, there's obviously something that's playing a role in it. And then the shade room decided to be posted and be messy as always instead of trying to uplift and encourage him so I feel like that play might have played a role in it too like just seeing so many people talk about you and talk about your physical features and how you look just like dang like this is really like how the people see me but now once I'm dead and gone like you want to oh I'm so sorry that you passed away but just a couple of months ago yes and it was and it was after if you guys haven't seen the movie uh The Five Bloods he said that he thought Chadwick Boseman was all to himself or he was like 
Bujetto or Bougie because he had people massaging him and his wife holding his hand, but he didn't know that Taylor Bozeman was diagnosed with colon cancer. So that's why you shouldn't judge people because you don't know, like I said, what they're going through. And it's just the fact that he made like, um, like honorable, honorable movies for the black community and for himself during this time, right when he's getting diagnosed, he's making Black Panther and he's making um, The Fly Above. That's, that was another good movie. He's making Jackie Robinson 42. If you haven't seen that, go see that. He's making uh, Marshall, very good Marshall, I'm sorry. But it's just like, um, it, this man, I saw a post that said, if this man can make all these good movies and have colon cancer, then nobody should give up because that is one of the hardest things to deal with cancer and going to the, the, uh, chemotherapy and dealing with that. Chemotherapy has a chemo, chemo. Chemotherapy is makes you weak. It makes the body weak. It's not nothing to play with. So I feel like I, I just, I just adored him. I just feel, I feel like it was like a loss to the black community as well. And the because. The fact that he was actually going with like little kids to sit there and go with them while they was doing that chemo, while he was still battling cancer himself, was mm-hmm. just like, wow, look at him like caring for other kids, exactly. even though they could get through it. And he's battling cancer himself. Like that just shows how strong and like how wonderful he is as a person. Like he knew his struggle, he knew what he was going through. And obviously it was hard for him, but he knew like as a child, like it's even worse for them and by him being a superhero you know kids automatically see him as being someone so big and powerful but deep down inside he was really weak and yeah going through chemotherapy that really weakens your body it weakens your mind your soul like you don't want to do anything like it's just so much and you know I applaud him for everything that he you know did for his community and for himself and being strong and sticking through it as long as he could. That's very powerful. There was a there was a video of him talking about these two little boys who he would uh, go see in the hospital. They had a cancer. And as you know, we know that he had cancer too, but he started getting emotional. He started to cry when he was talking about the little boys because he said that they wanted to see the movie Black Panther and they didn't get the chance because they passed away. Wow. And he started to get emotional. And now that I look at that video, now knowing that he has passed away from cancer, I think about he wasn't just getting emotional for because, them. yeah, for them, he was getting emotional for himself. Yes. Dang, wow. This is giving me chills right now. It, it, that I'm gave me chills because just like, how how crazy is that? That Like, he's he, th- these little boys want to see him in a movie and they're so excited, but sadly, they pass away. And he's dealing with the same thing. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's and crazy. when I seen the video, I was just like, he's such a he's such a kind person. He's still a kind person, but knowing that now is just so different. It yeah. hit different. And I feel like he didn't want people to really know about it. He never brought it to the forefront because he didn't want like people to pity him. He wanted people to still think he, he was, was a superhero, able to make it. Yeah, he didn't want that like that frame like stopping him like a breakage point like oh my god he has cancer he's not gonna be able to do such and such and such I feel like he kept it in and didn't really tell people because he didn't want people to see him as weak he still wanted people to see him as the strong superhero that he was in this movie 
it's just and his career could have you know gone like so far it was just such a sudden thing that happened that i never thought would have happened yeah it was it, it did go far for a short amount of time i would say like it, he had a lot of experience in that time and and i was saying like we know him from that point on i feel like people you know when like celebrities or artists or entertainers like they've been doing this for years but it's, they have their breaking points and i feel like we met him at his breaking point and you know sadly he was diagnosed at that time but speaking of like just the um uh, the the deaths that have been going on this past 2020 for the black community. I feel like the black community has been hit hard this year, honestly. We've been tested for real because there's been this thing going on, uh, hashtag protect black women, and that's amazing, but it was a situation with Megan Stallion. She's a rapper, if you don't know, Megan the Stallion, because she's a stallion, period. Period. <laughs> and the artist Tory Lanez was accused of shooting her in the foot. Mm-hmm. And what happened was she she didn't come out about it until after because people started speculating. There were celebrities who started making fun of her, male celebrities, specifically black male celebrities to be more specific, but they started making fun of her of the situation because she hadn't said anything to the public yet. And so people started speculating. And, you know, Meg- Megan Stallion, she's a stallion for a reason. She's very tall. And Tory Lanez, you know, he's... Fairly short. <laughs> About three to be exact. Yeah, so he he was accused of shooting her in the foot, but there was also other people in the car. It was her friend and it was security guard. And so people started speculating that she was beating on him because she is bigger than him. And she had she came out because this was something that was weighing on her heart and she just didn't feel like she should be, she should be bashed for domestic violence against her as a black woman. And she she came out and she decided to say that this man did shoot me in my foot, and I did not do anything to deserve that. And you should protect black men should protect black women in, instead of talking about them as if we're the problem. And I want to applaud her for that because I feel like that happened so many times. And not only that, not only that. She said she did not want to tell the police because there was a video before anybody ever said anything, any speculations, there was a video that was out and it was her holding her hands that they was all getting out the car and the police was like, you know, tell them to get out the car, get out the car. And it was a video doing that. And she said she didn't want to tell the police that he had shot her because it was a firearm in the car for one and they were all black. She was... She was afraid for their lives in this climate as black people that they will be the next victims because they had a firearm for one. And for, for two, for the, the main event, the main subject was that they were black. She was scared because they were black and their police officers threatening them, telling them to get out the car. And when she went to the hospital, she still didn't want to say anything. She wanted to protect the black men. This is another case of a black woman protecting black men. Mm-hmm. And I felt like in the situation when they made all of them get out of the car, instead of Megan being treated as a um, a victim, she was treated as a suspect. They made her put her hands up, made her get down on her knees. No one was catering to her as they do these white people when, you know, they're shooting up schools and, you know, giving Burger King to make sure they're, they're fed and make sure they're not hungry. She was treated as a, um, a suspect instead of a, vic- a victim. And then she was, you know, like that's what you're saying. She said that she suggested 
that there was false reports about her injuries that had surfaced because she didn't intentionally tell the police about the Tory Lanez, you know, shooting her. And she said, you know, like Destiny said, she was fearful about telling the police what happened. And I just feel like for her, she is like so strong for that. She had to put down her pride and her fearfulness of being just shot to protect another human who was black. Because at the end of the day, it's all a brotherhood. We're all in this situation together. But because she didn't want another brother to end up to be another hashtag like George Floyd. Um, it's just so many names. Yana Taylor, yeah, so many names along yeah. with. Mm-hmm. She didn't want him to become another hashtag. So she put her pride aside and her being like utmost and being protected first aside to protect someone that just shot her. Like that is just, that takes so much courage. That just takes so much out of a person because again, women, and that's another thing, women are always on the forefront when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement. We're always, it's been like this from the beginning. And after a while, that gets really tiring because why are we always the ones that have to be strong for our own community? But I feel like if it was the other way around and if it was a guy, the guy probably could care less that it was the woman. He probably wouldn't even think twice about protecting the black women. That's really sad to say, but black men, they need to do better. They don't really care. Not all black men, put that out there right now, but not all black men are like that. But sometimes they just don't put us first and care to protect us first the same way we care to protect our black men. So I really applaud Megan for that. And I hope, you know, that she's okay now. And I like what you said about um, the white suspects who do things that like shoot up a school. But there was, according to Washington Post, I'm reading off the Washington Post, authorities on Wednesday said a 17-year-old had been charged with homicide after two people were killed and another seriously wounded by gunfire amid a chaotic night of demonstrations and destructions in Kenosha. Kenosha... um, had protests about the Jacob Blake situation because Jacob Blake was a black man, but he was shot um, seven times. First of all, I know Tupac was shot multiple times too. I just want to know how much power you have to possess to be shot multiple times and still be alive. That's the willing of God. Like, that's what Ain't that's... that the truth? Because I, I don't know about y'all, but I think it was, you know, God with him at that And when point. I heard, when I heard that, he was still alive. I was like, "Word, like he's still alive." I, I was like, "He's gonna, he's gonna have to sue them because at this point, you just did too much. Like That's he was it. not doing anything. He was not a threat, and his children were in the back seat. How you shoot, shoot a man with his children in the back seat? And the fact that he didn't die—that was the grace of God covering him. Because seven shots—I'm not talking about seven shots like from far away. It was up close, right, close rank. And the fact that he was walking away, he—he—they pulled him back by his shirt and shot him. I don't care, but. I probably shouldn't even say this. I'm not even going to say it. But, um, like, just things like that just make me, like, oh, my gosh, this is the world that we're living in. And I can't believe people could actually go to bed and sleep at night after this kind of stuff. Like, imagine the type of person that you have to be to shoot somebody in front of their kids when your job is to protect and serve. And first of all, you're not supposed to shoot people in the back, first of all. They're not a threat. They're walking away. They're not a threat to you. He was walking away from the officers. They followed him. So now you're the threat because you following me, but you decide to shoot me. Like, mm-hmm. that is crazy. I don't, I don't and know. so, I see, this is still ongoing with the 17-year-old, but 
he was arrested. But guess what? There was a video. Okay, so they said that it was. It's reports that he, the police, was giving out water. It's a picture of this 17-year-old walking assault rifle. He's walking. He was supposed to be protecting property or whatever. The police give him water. The police give him water. I just want to know why is it that a black man could get shot seven times walking away in a in a. A 17-year-old who it's not even legal for him to have a assault rifle can get a can walk with that assault rifle and be given water. And you know what? There was a white supremacist that said that the police told him that they they will give him authority to deal with the Black Lives Matter protesters. This is the climate that we're living in. And people are saying that there are good cops. Now there are good cops, but same way Listen. they put us all in category. Yes, there's good black people. Same way there's good white people, but there's black people that affiliate themselves in crime. Same way there's white people that affiliate themselves in crime. But for black people, they just group us all together and assume that we're all thugs and drugs. Exactly. And I mean, I could just assume all white people are racist. That mean, I could just assume all y'all shoot up schools if y'all gonna affiliate all this, us all in one group. And if you have one bad apple in the group and there's good cops knowing what's going on, don't tell, don't snitch, don't report it, don't do anything, don't confront them. That just makes you- It just says bad. bad. Exactly, because you're turning. You're accessory to murder. That is accessory to murder. All your you police officers are accessory to murders. If you witness a man be killed like that, like George Floyd, if you wish witness people get choked out, it was a recent one. So many recent ones. People are getting choked out when you're witnessing that and not saying anything, not defending that person who was unjustly murdered, that black person, and the people who say white people get pulled over too. First of all, why do they get pulled over and they get let go? Do they? They do not get killed for no reason. Right. And the people like, who don't want to understand it or don't understand it are the ones that are racist. Mm-hmm. So like, it's true. The um the lady, she was like, oh, he was like, why are you recording? He was like, because officers are always killing people. And the officer was like, are you black? No. And then another thing, I was going to say this. The office, um, the police force was originated as slave patrols to keep slaves and yes, So the history behind it still flows into the history today. So what they originally started for is what they're still doing today. There's nothing much that has changed. And there's nothing in the rules much that have changed. So what their history was is still their history now. Their history isn't changing unless there needs to be, like they said, to fund the police, start something new. They they need to go to school for this. How can you just go to a six month training and then you can automatically become a police officer? They need to be able to go to law school, same way these lawyers have to go to law school. They need to have to learn the law, same way when you want to be a judge, you have to be a lawyer first and then you could be a judge. There's just people just being able to lock up anyone. There's history behind like them being racist. Like I don't care what nobody say, but the police is rooted into racism. This American flag is the new like KKK flag in my opinion because if you have these white southerner rednecks uh-huh. saying it said it's 18 months um, for basic training in order to become a police officer is followed by a six-month evaluation. So that's about, like, two years. That's still not enough because, first of all, you can't be scary in the police officers. I feel like police officers, not only are they racist because they have stereotypes within their mind that Black people are a certain way and they feel like they're a threat because they're Black, they're not only racist, but they're also scary. So if a Black person even moves 
not even in the wrong way because you moving to get your um license or anything like that that they ask for that is not you moving in any type of wrong way if they are asking for that if they pull you over right so you be already scary knowing that you think black people are a threat regardless of whatever they're doing suit or not you are scary and you start to pull out your weapon. You draw out your weapon and you start shooting. Not only do you shoot once, you shoot multiple times because just imagine if you were, if someone was breaking in your house, right? And you saw them, you're already fearful. This is, I feel like this is how they look at them. They look at as someone as a threat. When someone's breaking in your house, you look at them as a threat. They're already looking at this black person as a threat for no reason. They're not doing anything to you. And then they start to shoot them multiple times. For what reason? For what reason? They're not a threat to you. If someone is walking away from you, if you're, if their back has shots in it, they have been walking away from you. They're not threatening you. I know police officers are trying to shoot if they feel threatened coming towards you. You only feel threatened when something is towards you. They feel threatened by the color of our skin. Exactly. You can be a victim. You could be a suspect. You could be a standby person. You could be anyone. As soon as they see brown skin, that is automatically a threat. No weapon, weapon, regardless, you're still a threat in their eyes. Any sudden movement, like I said, is white for uh, fragility. Like, they're very fragile. Like, any any sudden move with us, they already like their confidence is taken down a complete notch. It's them not having enough confidence within themselves. And that's why it happens. I feel like if you know you can't do such and such and such, or you know you're too scary, you pick the wrong career field. What it really is, is rooted under KKK. That's what I see officers as. Until you prove to be a good officer, quote unquote, a good officer, I'm automatically assume you're a bad officer. Every time I see something going on, I be telling my mom, oh, mom, I want to stop. I want to make sure this person isn't getting killed. Like the other day when I recorded the incident on my window that I was showing you, I was recording for the person's safety, not for the officers, not because there was something going on. But if the, one of those officers decided to pull out their gun and shoot this man, I you was gonna have the proof, right? Because they love to say, "Oh, my body cam wasn't working." Right? At the end of the day, that's why I applaud the whole government. Is that? <laughs> that's why I applaud. The government is built on slavery. It's is built on segregation. Why can't we just form a new one? I know it's gonna take years, but we could start today. Honestly, we can. Honestly, it's just the people who are in it. Like, we need to reform laws as well, but just remove the people who are in it it's just too many people who have this old mentality that um this is the way it's supposed to be this is the right way that's the problem it's a generational thing and at this point generation i think generation z we need to carry it on our backs to be responsible for the things that we're going to teach our children but the things that we know right now you should know better and you should know what's wrong and what's right at a certain age when you're growing up you realize that this doesn't make any sense it's no reason for me to be racist it's no reason right. for, because because racists don't have not one legitimate reason to dislike someone besides what they look like. That's not a legitimate reason to dislike someone. So just imagine you're growing up and you're being taught this, and then you and then you realize why am I hating this person? But this does not make sense. I don't even know this person. I don't even know how they really live their life. Right. Like, how does this make your pockets any bigger? How much money are you making more to hate my race? How is this making they, your they, they do better, make money off your of life better? Like, it ain't, 
it ain't doing nothing to better your life. You're not going to live longer. You're not going to eat more today. You're it's just miserable. Hate. You're just miserable. Like, miserable. Miserable. Like, damn. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, dang. Like, you hate me so much that you have, like, rallies about me. Baby, you're a fan. You wish you were me. I'm sorry my hair is so, like, Luxurious are just like so voluptuous. Like you pay to have this body, you pay to look like this. You go sit in the sun to tan and get browner, <laughs> and wear your sunscreen so you don't burn. So every time you touch your skin, you saying "ouch." Like I just don't understand. And I, I appreciate Megan Thee Stallion for doing that, for saying that she didn't want them to be victims because I feel like even though she was a victim against him, I feel like there's so much, like morality and respect that she has for people who look like her and like understanding that she has for the black community that she is afraid to tell the police that this man has a gun and has shot her bloody foot and all because she is scared for their lives because there is an arm um there is an arm gun in an uh, arm weapon in in the vehicle and she's scared to tell him that she just got shot. Now, if it was a white person, they would have told the police, right? And the whoever they would have handled the situation. But she was scared. You can't even do that. You can't even tell on the person that you're supposed to tell on. And people, I hated that people were calling her a snitch. Because it's just like, you mean to tell me that a black a black woman could get shot in the foot? And, and because because she's speaking her truth, she's a snitch? Why? Where's the, where's the logic in that? Where's the logic in you uh, protecting the person who got shot? Who shot you in the foot? First of all, that, the people don't even know the definition of a snitch. A snitch. Right. A snitch is me, like, seeing um, such and such and such. I'm like, okay, say if me and you decide to rob the bank or something, right? Like, this is just a, like, high example. Yeah. I don't want nobody to think we're going to rob a bank. <laughs> but, um, and me and you, and then I snitch on you, even though I was the corporate. I was doing it with you. And exactly. I'm like, oh, it was destiny. Like, but if you think someone gets shot down the street and they die, that's not me being a snitch. That's me being a witness and I care about this person's life and I'm telling. Or with Megan the Stallion situation, that's her caring about her person and her doing I said her person, her like caring about herself and her men, her mentally and physically well-being. And she's speaking up. She's telling her truth. That's not her snitching. That's just her speaking her truth. So like, now there's this, this thing, protect black women, hashtag protect black women. And honestly, I feel like let's move beyond the hashtag. Let's move to real life because hashtags social media are only temporary. Mm-hmm. You need to practice these things in real life. That's why like... I feel like these things are symbolic, like the hashtags and all the social media stuff is only symbolic. And some people don't understand that. They think that's that's the truth. It's symbolic for the truth, but you have to actually act that out in real life. You know what? I'm sorry. This is so off topic, but I'm looking at the Black Royal page right now. We ain't even give August a happy birthday. Hold on. I have to stop all of this. I have to stop all of this because September 3rd was my man's birthday. He turned 28 years of age. He's a young Oh my man. God. Like, my baby is just, ooh. If y'all haven't bought any of his merchandise, I've seen a website to buy his merchandise. Y'all support a youngin because you know what? That's not the answer. Support anyway. black businesses. And, and yes. speaking of supporting black businesses, I've, okay, so 
I love me some good fashion. I love me some good fashion. And there's this Instagram, um, this Instagram page called Random and Chick. Random and Chick is high vintage fashion. If you go to their website, it's www.randomandchick.com. They have amazing pieces. I love their style. It's like colorful, funky, classy at the same time. It's just like Classy-ish. black girl met I think be, okay, I don't know the words, but yeah, I just love the style of the clothing. And it's just like one of those like, you know, like there's always the more expensive stores that people shop at that are usually white owned. And this one is black owned, but I feel like I feel like it's representing for the culture because the style of it is 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 different. It's it's black culture to me. When I look at it, I look at I'm looking at the African prints. I'm looking at just the the style of it. It's giving me it's just giving me that blackness. That blackness. You know when um you people black people do things and you could just really tell that they they're embracing their blackness because they do things for the black culture. Like people who have businesses about do rags making different types of do-rags that is embracing black culture natural hair brands black natural hair brands or makeup brands who are giving um you know products to darker skinned women or 4c hair women or people of different complexions they're including all of them that's embracing blackness and so i think um, with these black businesses i appreciate the ones who embrace blackness to the fullest they can because there are other people who don't embrace Blackness, and I was saying like on my YouTube channel, if you love me, it's called Officially Destiny. When I was <laughs> using this makeup product, right, and the the product on the outside, it looked like it was my skin tone, but then I swatched it on my hand. And I'm just like, this is not my skin tone. This is false advertising. A lot of companies don't even care to consider the darkness and the pigmentation of someone's skin. How rude is that? That you won't even consider them to make the product for them as well. That is so disrespectful. That's right. And I feel like if we supported each other more with black businesses, we could be at the top. And that's really what they scared of. They scared of us rising economically. They scared of our wealth rising. They don't want to see us succeed. And I feel like if we support each other, and you know, I'm really glad that we have, you know, our black businesses. We have like um, clothing stores. I'm gonna say because most majority of black-owned businesses are clothing, hair, lashes. We need to expand past that. We need grocery stores. We need like our own Walmarts to build franchises to go across globally. We need banks. We need everything. Like and the Black Wall Street again. I really feel like that's the goal. That's the goal for me. I, I want to be the. I want to help in building the Black Wall Street. I feel like if we all strive to a particular goal and building economic wealth and just also building wealth for generations after you, you have to think seven generations ahead of you. You can't just think as of right now because that, that'll make you rich. What make you rich is thinking ahead of you. That's how you know you're really rich because if you could take care of your family ahead of you, Baby. You, you like you got that money. What's money? Buku. That's that New Orleans. That's that New Orleans talk. Buku. Buku money. Y'all's from the South. Buku money. Girl, you are not from New Orleans. You, you. She's West from New Orleans. No, I said Buku because I heard Cozy with the curse say it. 
I just said you gonna make that buku money, and you just said buku. No, money. but I knew what buku was before because I know cozy with the curls. He from uh, New Orleans. He a rapper, by the way. But yeah, he stay buku too. That's a New Orleans thing. Anywho. Yeah, but like I was saying, like different businesses that are um, not just you know clothing brands, and that's what like brought me to this business that I would like to give a shout out to today. They make books, like customized books with African kings Ooh. and queens on them. I think I know you're talking about. Yeah, look, I'm, look this, I'm, gonna, I'm just share the page with you on Instagram. But it's called... Beauty Make sure y'all follow and- us on Instagram. Listen, the- listen that's the <laughs> Don't be cutting these people business off. Okay, oh, let sorry. me... Go ahead. The Black Royal... Okay. <laughs> This girl, I'm sorry, Beast and Beast. I mean, not, look, now she got me messing up. Now she got me messing up. Okay, so their business is Beauts and Beast LLC. And I'm going to spell it for y'all. B-E-A-U-T-A-N-D-B-E-S-T-L-L-C-C for culture. Thank you. Um, so... Okay, I'm going to give you, like, the prices. So, they have Melogen, uh, blah, 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 Melanin Origins for $15. Don't do me. <laughs> they sell masks for $16. They have, um, so a single book is $9. You could even get customized books. And the way I found out about this business, they had actually sent a book to Chata Greatest. Chata Greatest, she did a whole video on Black-owned businesses, and she did it for free. So she just um, told them to, you know, send it to her, and she'll do a video about it. And I really thought this was cool. Like, this is something that's going to last a long time. Like, custom handmade notebooks, and people use notebooks daily. For school, you could get it for your kids. You could custom design it for your business. So if you guys would like to order your books, make sure y'all do it. They located in Tampa, Florida. You could go to their website, www.auta-n-d-b-a-s-t.com. You could also email them at info at B-E-A-U-T-A-N-D-B-E-S-T dot com. Make sure y'all follow them on Instagram and give them their props because they deserve it. I really like this business. Yeah, I love it that they make notebooks, you know, especially things that are towards school and stuff um, that you can write in. You know, writing is very important. What's your reading? What you read? Right. <laughs> I want to become a writer. Oh my God, I want to start my own book so bad. And I'm going to give y'all a you little can. tea. I'm going to give y'all a little tea. Tea? What's tea? I used to write Wattpad books when I was in middle school. Ooh. I just re-downloaded Wattpad. 99,000 people have read my book for one. <gasps> wow. Yes. Oh. And 99K. Okay. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> And it's the fact that people are still reading it. When I downloaded the app, I'm still getting notifications of people commenting and like um, they comment on my book. They're liking the chapters. And I made this book when I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade? Oh my gosh. This is so crazy. But yeah, I really want to start writing. I love writing. Like, I just like, I like reading books. A lot of people don't know this. My parents think I don't like to read, but I actually like to read. I just, I like poetry. I just like it all. Seriously. And also a goal would be, honestly, like I've seen this um, one guy on Instagram. He said that his book about um, his personal life 
got into a school where he's from. So you know like how they give us daily assignments at schools, like when you're growing up and stuff, you have assignments to read and stuff, but they're usually old and by white people. He is a black queer man and he made a book and now it's in a school, in the school curriculum. That is a major goal. I think you could reach that major goal too. For anyone who wants to write a book, think about the children when you're writing a book, the story that you want to tell as well towards children because those are the people who are going to be growing up and reading your book and reading your legacy. I think that's very important when writing a book and keeping that in mind that people who are not only here right now, but people who are growing up that can look up to you will be able to take something from your book. And so I, I definitely think you should, you should write a book right now, like start or start writing a book and think about what you want to write about and maybe um, publish it as well because I know Wattpad Pat is a tool for like creativity and stuff, but you ever thought about like publishing and stuff and getting mm-hmm. your book out there to newer faces and different people and, and broadening your audience. Mm-hmm. My other book, I wrote on Wattpad. It has 46,000 reads. but And then I have another one. It only has 210 reads, but I think it only has like one chapter. But the fact that 99,000 people has read it. 99,000. That's crazy, though. That's crazy. Oh, my God. I'm famous. She's famous, period. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. But, guys, listen here. So, the Trump administration. Yeah, let's get into the real tea. Yeah, the real tea is Trump. Trump compares officers who shoot people to golfers who choke while discussing the Jacob Blake shooting. Mm-hmm. Now, how does that make sense? First of all... See, this is a man who don't care. This is the problem. He don't care. Me no care. Like you Me just no care. Me no care. He don't care. He doesn't care. So, I feel like, guys, no, you need to vote. You need to vote him out. I keep telling people to vote on my Instagram, on my Instagram stories, because it's just, at this point, at this point, he just needs to go. And I, I honestly feel like he really don't want to go because he, he know when he get out of office, when he step out of office, when he step out that position, that he's going to be in jail. Right. I said that purple go be knocking at your door. I said that purple go be knocking at your door. Yeah, like he's going to jail. He's going to Prisiana. <laughs> Trump is also in hot water for telling supporters to vote twice in an upcoming election. First of all, like I just said, not vote, but don't vote twice. Right. The fact that this man is trying to stop the, the United States Postal Service, and he knows that most people are selling in their ballot, so he knows that's going to stop a lot of it. He's like slowing it down, doesn't want to fund it anymore. That's crazy. And then the fact that he's trying to do a vaccine for COVID. First of all, I don't know about y'all, but y'all remember y'all, this. Wait, this hold on. Let man. me read this for you. The Centers for Disease Control. Tell state governors to officially prepare to distribute COVID-19 vaccine by November 1st, two days before election. Right. That's crazy to me. I am not about to be nobody else's syphilis experiment. If you guys don't know what the syphilis experiment is, it was when they released the syphilis virus out into the Black community, and they did an experiment on us to see how many of us would die, how did it affect us, and they didn't even try to cure us from it. Look it up. Then there's another one with hepatitis C. They didn't care about hepatitis C until white people started to have hepatitis C. And that's when they started to make a cure for it. But you know, I- there's a stigma that um, 
these these hospitals and these doctors and these um, these doctors who who prescribe medicine to black communities and black people. You know, black people don't really uh, take in like the mental health issues as serious as white people do. And I noticed that. And honestly, that is true. Like, you know, people. I guess we feel like because we are we were brought up a certain way and just the way history has been in the past it kind of hardens us so with mental illness some people really don't take it as serious as they should but honestly um with with taking medication honestly i don't feel like that's always the right way to go if it's not for you and if you do need medication i mean if it helps you if you feel like it helps you because sometimes medication doesn't help you Sometimes it, it makes it makes things worse. It makes you feel bad. Medication doesn't. It's not something that makes you feel uplifted or anything like that. And and I see that I've when I watch um, people who 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 have mental illnesses like documentaries. This one guy, he did not want to take his medication because he didn't like the way it made him feel. Yeah, it made him feel down, like it made him feel really suicidal. Like there's so many side effects with some medications, and some it is. Rather not take it, and I'm sorry, guys, but I gotta go back to this syphilis situation because when I found out the tea about it, it, it really, yeah, I, I I looked it up so I could give y'all like more facts than what my brain tells me. So the Tuskegee syphilis study, also known as the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, Tuskegee Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in the African American male, U.S. Public Health Services. Did you hear that? The U.S. Public Health Services, the one that's trying to give y'all. This vaccine, just listen, just 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 listen to that. So um, it was at Tuskegee, and it was between 1932 and 1972 by the United States Public Health Service. The purpose of this study was to observe the natural history of an untreated syphilis. The African American men in the study were only told they were receiving free health care from the federal government of the United States. The United States Public Health Service stated that the study in 1932 in collaboration with Tuskegee University, then the Tuskegee Institution, a historically black college in Alabama, investigators enrolled in a study of a total a total of 600 impoverished African-Americans sharecroppers from Macon County, Alabama. Of these men, 399 had, okay, whatever, so forth. Um, furthermore, they were told that they were being treated for bad blood, and in actuality, they were being injected with the syphilis virus. Um, some of them had the fact that the disease could lead to blindness, deafness, mental illness, heart disease. They were guinea pigs. It was experience. Yeah, they were basic guinea pigs. And it's another thing. You know how people think that black um, black people, we take pain more than others? You know there's a still a percentage of doctors that still believe in that theory that black people could take pain more than others or they, they wouldn't give them the proper um, treatment or they wouldn't and numb them because they're like, oh, you can handle it. You're back. You're supposed to be strong. Like, I don't know about y'all, but any American doctor, CDC, it just when I hear some of the stuff, I don't know if I should trust it or not. And my my when my gut telling me not to trust it, I don't. Mm. Honestly, I feel like okay, I don't think there's not wrong with vaccines and treatments because you're gonna have to, there's gonna come a time where you do need treatments and vaccines to cure mm-hmm. things. And and it's just the people who make the vaccines and the, and the bad trip that they have and the, and the history that they have with telling people the truth and telling people lies. 
mm-hmm. and what they do to people like the testy situation where they give them the syphilis injection or even when they are testing um, treatments on um, Africans or people in other countries people in other countries who they feel don't mean anything um, so it's just like it's not just the vaccine it's more so for me at least it's more so the people who are telling us to do it who are giving us instructions and also not only are they telling us that we have to take the vaccine they're telling us that it's mandatory and that if we don't take it then we're going to be fined or we're going to be thrown in jail and that's another thing you cannot threaten people with the choices that they have i understand that it's important for people to take these vaccines for reasons like you know hepatitis c or vaccines that we get when we're growing up as kids but this is something that just came out recently. not everybody doesn't want to be a guinea pig you can get volunteers for that and if it's not enough you're gonna have to find something else you're gonna have to find a real guinea pig because listen right. i'm not gonna be nobody right we saying the same thing <laughs> right i'm not gonna be nobody's guinea pig not me not this one not i you better find another one because it ain't gonna be me and like me like i get all my vaccines i haven't missed one vaccine only thing i don't get is the flu shot you ain't even inject me with nobody flu okay when flu season come around oh, the there's flu. a lot of controversy on that yeah but that's not like a mandatory one that people have to get i ain't a tree hugger i'm gonna get my vaccines but this new one is it's just being made y'all don't even know what COVID is for real and you expect me to go and then it's also a political thing because why he doing it two days before election? He's just trying to get more votes. Because, you know, people will be dumb enough to say, oh, well, Trump cured coronavirus. We could go living back to free, COVID-free environment. So I should vote for him because he came up with the idea to cure and stuff. You know, people listen to anything this man say. It's like a cult to me. So I want to talk about our transition into the new school year as we go into online school. And university decisions to make school online or not. As new college students, we have come into the year online um, and just the difference between generations before us has been actually on campus. This is a little different, especially our ending in high school. So now we're online, we're taking online courses and some universities are deciding to fully go remote, go fully remote or they're deciding to take online classes in their school facilities or in their dorms or do in-person and online or just in-person. And there was a school in Georgia that went, a high school in Georgia, that went fully in-person and multiple staff and students were unfortunately sick. They unfortunately caught the coronavirus. And a student took a picture of the hallway. Now, mind you, they're, so, they're supposed to be social distancing because that is a rule that is required for them to not catch the COVID. But they were social distancing, and a, a student took a picture of the hallways. It was crowded, jam-packed, jam-packed together. It was like white on rice. Okay, that don't make sense. But you know what I mean. It was really jam-packed. And so well, students and teachers got... Wrong. It's like white on rice. I just said that. It sounded like you said white on white. I was going to say, girl. No, what? I said white on, wait, hold on. Rice, yeah. white on rice. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the, the the hallways was jam-packed and she was about to get suspended, but they revoked her suspension. Um, and this went around social media. People saw that they had a breakout in that school, specifically in that school, and that um, 
they she was she was going to get suspended. Mind she was going to get suspended for taking a picture of the hallway when they're not even really supposed to be in school. No one should be no one at that time because this happened like I would say maybe a month ago or two months ago. And no one should be threatened to be suspended because they are worried about their health or they, they want to show people that this is the foolishness that they are going through. But like the fact that they'll even try her like that to try to suspend her is ridiculous. It just shows like the hierarchy and the power people think they can uphold as an institution threatening you with suspension because you expose them for being irresponsible. That's to get. Oh, the fact that schools actually tried to suspend her when this girl was just thinking about her well-being for like school and health-wise. Like, so you know what she was doing was wrong. You know you have all these kids packed up in a school, in a hallway. You're not having different time periods for, oh, this class is going to go out on this time. Like, there's so much they could have did better instead of all kids going out on a bell schedule. But then what you do is instead you try to suspend this girl because she's snitching and she letting people know what it is and what it ain't. And some kids didn't even have their mask on properly. It's just a lot. And I feel like a lot of schools are following by what Trump says. Like, a lot of people believe this man. Like, they think COVID isn't real. They think the statistics aren't real. They just think it's something that's going to magically go away and we don't have to quarantine. So, like, even with some schools, like, some schools went through procedures and steps to see. Like, there's some schools I know, they went through trial runs during the summertime where they brought a certain amount of kids to the school, see how it went. But then when school actually really starts to start, you know, freshmen, they want to party and, you know, want to have fun. And that's very understandable, but just not at this time. And the school just doesn't care enough to actually close down the schools. They just, you know, most schools and institutions just care about their money and everything of the sort. So I just feel like some of these schools just need to, how about maybe we just take the semester off or something? Cause I know for me, I can't learn over a computer. I can't learn over a screen. I could barely learn in school. So me talking to my teacher through the computer screen, I've emailed some teachers and they haven't even responded yet. And it's been since last week. So it's just a lot going on with this school stuff. And especially with COVID being out, it's, it's a lot more stress. I saw, I saw a post that said, shout out to the students who took summer classes throughout all the drama. So basically, you know, with all the police brutality and just all the drama that's been going on in 2020, there's students like my best friend, she took a summer class and I was just like, imagine taking a summer class amidst all, amongst all this stuff. And we're still taking classes now, we're starting school. Before I started school, Jacob Blake was was shot, shot multiple times. There was multiple murders of people, of black people before that was way, way heavy on me. And I still had to start school at a predominantly white school, but I still had to start school and you know, it, I saw this post. It was like su- submitting Zoom cl- um, Zoom assignments or submitting absi- assignments in the middle of like chaos. So it was like a dog, and he was on his computer, and in the background it was like explosions and all that. It's just so much going on. But at the end of the day, you still have to focus and keep going. And I have, because we have goals that our goals is so much bigger than anything. So we have to keep going and make sure that we're taking care of our responsibilities so that we can help build that Wall Street because we need our education and we need 
those resources so that it can help us and help us progress and help us create generational wealth for the ones after us. Right, like I know uh, there's a lot of people who's been um, complaining about oh, them having to go to school during the pandemic. Like I understand in the beginning, okay, when the pandemic first really hit Miami, I thought we was gonna go back to school in about a month or so. You know, I was really hopeful for it because I was just like, you know, it's a little flu season that's, you know, hitting everybody. But then, uh, like, you just had to learn how to adapt to the situation, and that's what I did. Like, even though we're during a pandemic, pandemic, I'm still gonna strive and still try to do great during school because I have a future, I have a career that I have planned out, that I have written down, that I want to do. Something I can tell my kids about, like, hey, while I was in college, there was a whole pandemic, but at the end of the day, I still maintain my GPA to be an A, to be a B. So there's just, sometimes you just have to adapt to situations that you don't really want to adapt to. And that's what we had to do. We had to adapt to a situation that we didn't really want to adapt to, but we're figuring it out and we're making it happen. And I, like, I applaud all kids who aren't giving up, who aren't saying, oh my gosh, there's a pandemic. I don't really want to go to school. I don't really want to be in school. Like, this isn't what's meant for me. Like, I adapt, I learn. And at the end of the day, baby, I'm trying to get this money. I'm trying to get to the bag. She's trying to get to the bag. Right. Exactly. I can understand that. But, um, yeah, it's been a lot going on. We just can't give up just because some people want to, you know, act foolish. We have to still continue to reach our goals. But, I mean, we're going to overcome this. I really, truly believe that. And I, I try to keep a positive mindset about this stuff. Because if I know who will for me, no one else is going to be positive except me. Right. I'm, only, I'm only responsible for myself. Honestly, I be praying about it. I be like, Lord Jesus. Me too. Sometimes I be thinking, because I always think, my um, my mom always tells me things happen for a reason. And I feel like this could have been for a reason to sit America down and let them focus and think on what's really wrong with America and what really needs change. Yeah. For those who would, would actually want to take the time out to learn what's going on with their country. So I feel like this could have been like, God is telling us to sit down. We need to relax. We're always on the go. We're always really busy. People hardly ever have time for themselves to take care of their mental and physical health. So I feel like this was his way of just saying, take care of yourself. That whole wave that people are on, oh, 2020 is a bad year. I can't wait to get out of 2020. I just think God has a plan for us. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Black Sometimes I just hate having thick hair, but I love it. I put my hair in a ponytail, my scrunchie done popped, and I can't even find the other ones. God darn it. But continue. Oh my God. Struggling. Like your hair struggles. But thank you for joining our podcast. Make sure that you share. Share this podcast with everybody you know your mama, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your auntie, your dog, your, your cat. Your mother, I say your mother, your father, your stepfather, your stepmother, everybody you know. Make sure that you... Share it with your teachers that you need to learn what racism is. Put the Karens in check. <laughs> share it with the Karen, share it with the Kevin, share it with the Ken dolls, all of them. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Black Royal. That's the T-H-E-B-L-K-R-O-Y-A-L. Period. Who? 
if you like some art you know i paint a little bit um feature architect you know if you need a building or two just hit my line um j-a-n-i-y-a-s dot a-r-t now destiny you do yours <laughs> okay mine just officially dot destiny or you say period destiny you know just to dot but anyway it's officially destiny um make sure that you just Keep up with the podcast. I know we've been going for a while it's because a lot been, has been going on, like I said before. And we just started school. So we just living it, um, living in the moments and we're just going day by day. So bear with us. Um, we are doing, this podcast is for the people who really care about the black community. This podcast is for people who understand where we're coming from. This podcast is for people and kids and students like us. This podcast is for people who have empathy for other people, who want to understand other people. This podcast is who for people who just are good people. Basically, that's all you got to do. Just be good people. That's the model for the be. Be a good person. Be yeah. a good person. And that's what we're going to continue to preach. Be a good person. But thank you guys for joining in. And we're going to see you in the next episode. Pow. Bye, baby. Bye.